To season one of the Chela to Chela podcast, featuring interviews and conversations with disciples of our Gurudev, Paramahansa Yogananda-ji. I'm your host, Brenda Roberts, and in the Chela to Chela podcast, we will be talking with devotees from all over the world, connecting informally on a heart, soul, and day-to-day level. In Season 1, we'll be talking with devotees from Italy, India, Germany, and many parts of the USA. You'll be hearing heart-touching and loving tributes about our Guruji, and you'll also hear those sweet, inspiring stories of How I Found Master. And today we have with us Garrett Ziegler. Hello, Garrett. Welcome. Hello, Brenda. Garrett, tell the devotees where you live. I uh, do live in northern Italy, close to a lake called uh, Lake Maggiore. It's in the Milan area, um, wider range, and totally in nature. And I love to be here. It's uh, very energetic place. So it's, it's um, 
something that your good karma brought you finally, huh? I decided for it. <laughs> okay, you willed it into, into being. Well, do you have a group near you? Right, uh, we have a meditation circle in the area at the lake. It's uh, called the Circulo uh, di Verabania, the meditation circle of Verbania. We are small attendants, but nevertheless, uh, all the gurus are there. So yes. yeah, it's very nice. <laughs> Where two or more are gathered, correct? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, there's there's so many small little circles all over the world. It's nice to think about that once in a while, just to visualize all these points of light all over the yeah. globe. Right. It's very, very, uh, very, very important uh, to have those hubs. <laughs> yes, yes. So, uh, Garrett, are you married? Do you have children? Were you raised in SRF? I'm married uh, uh, the second time I'm married. And I have, or we have no children. I'm not raised in a, a SRF family, though uh, I'm very grateful that the karmic conditions led me early in life when I was about 26 uh, to Guruji's path. And um, thank God I embraced it from the very beginning. <laughs> and, and how did you find Guruji? That's our big question. Uh, well, it was out of the desire for more because uh, the karmic conditions I was uh, coming into this life didn't provide uh, certain aspects of um, the soul which uh, were certainly the experience of love, unconditional love, I would say. And also the sense of, um, I would say, the sum total of bliss, which I translated as greatness. And I could find that in my position I was put in. So about age 24, I was disillusioned about life. I thought, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I couldn't find it in the directions I tried up to then. And uh, then before I was not so much interested in, in, uh, in certain subjects like reading books, uh, I rather played with my friends. And, but at that time, I was reading some books, uh, esoteric books, who were talking about that great thing. And finally, after reading a few books, I was convinced this greatness exists, but it's something within. But by that time, I was uh, tired of reading books of people who had experienced something mm -hmm. of that greatness, of that bliss. Mm -hmm. And um, so I thought, well, rather than reading more books, I also want to experience it. And so out of that desire, I was led to books. Um, and uh, the final uh, was uh, the autobiography of a yogi. Um, you know, I read books uh, somebody wrote about Guruji. It was not SRF related, but somebody uh, wrote about Guruji, and I was so fascinated. And um, he mentioned uh, his guru, something about this, and I thought, oh, wait a minute, if there's a master, why do I go to a, a disciple? 
So I should go to the master. So I um, I went at that time. You know, um, that was in '86. Uh, the computers were not like now. So you had to go to a bookstore in order to know if somebody wrote a book. So I went to the bookstore and said, "Here I am. I need a book um, from Paramahansa Yogananda." And uh, she looked it up and uh, um, she said, uh, the lady who served me said, oh, oh uh, but which one, there are so many. I said, well, I don't know uh, which one, uh, show me. And so I went through the list and I thought autobiography of a yogi sounds the best of all the titles. So I start with that. And that was around Easter time and uh, it came um, at uh, Easter Saturday, I think, you know, after Easter Friday it came, because Easter Friday is a holiday, so it came Saturday, and I started Saturday reading it, and by Sunday I already thought, now I'm really in trouble, because Monday was another holiday, and I can't apply for the lessons until Tuesday. <laughs> I was so inspired, that I even couldn't wait another day for applying for the lessons. <laughs> and then I I thought because I read you know all the the things in three years I will get samadhi because um, you know the potential is there that if you practice every day <laughs> in three years you will get samadhi but of course it didn't happen it didn't happen up to now <laughs> so that was my story. You know you're not alone in this story, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I had to learn patience. Oh my gosh, there's so many little things that have come up already in this conversation with you, Garrett. One is to remember, to remember how hungry and thirsty and life's like, we, you know, be, just before you find Guruji, it's like there is nothing in this world what and there's that such that thirst it's so compelling and all consuming and it's just how could the guru stay away with with such intensity right and that's right <laughs> it's so wonderful to bring that back to mind isn't it because we we've been on the path for a long time you kind of get involved in the struggle and then you're involved in the blessings and then you're in the struggle again and that very first oh that that all-consuming um, desire for what you know your soul has to have. You don't even know what it is yet, but you just know you have to have it, you know? It, it's incredible to remember that again, and you brought that back so fine for me. Thank you. So, You're welcome. Gosh. And I'm <laughs> sure for you too, huh? No, it is uh, exciting, of course, inspiring very, very much. Yeah. So, okay, so you found Guruji and you couldn't wait for two days to sign up. And, and where did you go from there? Well, then I got uh, on the normal pace of reading the lessons, meditating. Uh, I was happy because uh, I was in between three groups, so I could attend three groups in uh, the area I was living at that time. I grew up in Germany. I was living in Germany and there were three groups and uh, one uh, which had also longer periods of meditation. So I could manage because at that time I was unmarried and I didn't have any relationships. So it was perfect for that endeavor. 
Okay. Okay, now I want to go somewhere else with you with this because it's come up twice in the conversation now. So you got married after you got into SRF and then you got unmarried. And for the devotees that either have been that route or are thinking about it or it might come up, can you, um, would you mind talking to us about that? How, what was the role of Guruji? What did you go through when you uh, were in this process of realizing that you and that other soul were, uh, your time together was, was done? You mean from the first marriage? Yes. Well, I, it, it was something for me very, very deep because I thought um, if I ever failed in our endeavors, uh, the keeping a marriage was for me, I realized later it was very, very important to be able to keep a, a relationship, a marriage working, but I, uh, I was not very good in, in practicing it, I have to say. <laughs> I had to improve, but I'm still improving. <laughs> I'm not yet uh, uh, that realized person, so I have my shortcomings and my ego. Um, uh, the problem I have is my ego, my ego identification, and that hurts sometimes. <laughs> yes, well, we're, we're all in the same boat with you uh, there, Garrett. Uh, that's why we're all here working it out, right? When she just when she said those that are good, too good for this world are on some others, so we're, <laughs> we're all here working it out. But, you know, I think the angst that I'm trying to get to here, if there was angst and how you, if, if so, how you dealt with it, is this very thing about um, wanting to be the ideal devotee, wanting to stand up to your own standards that you want to live up to. And then finally, somewhere in there, it would seem there has to be some uh, surrender or understanding or... Um, a different perspective somewhere. You still want to stand up to your to your own expectations, but um, in this case, and I know a lot of devotees that have had to go through divorce, um, so you're not isolated in that, but I think not everybody knows a lot of devotees that have gone through it. So if there's something about that that you can share that was a spiritual growth for you, um, that would be great, I think, for somebody listening. Uh, I, when I think about it, I think it was rooted in uh, the uh, feeling of not having experienced unconditional love. And uh, um, so I, I thought I have to uh, be perfect in order to receive that. And I think that, that was linked to that being able to succeed in in uh, the marriage uh, which I had at that time. And it uh, was very, very, very necessary for me to have that experience. I learned a lot, which I couldn't have learned without that. Mm -hmm. And uh, the thing I was trying is just um, to fulfill something on the outside without the content. When I realized, well, I didn't live the content. I just was wanting to hold on to having a marriage, but a marriage is only um, something which is alive if it is lived, not if it is just, I want it, I want it this way or that way, but the quality in it uh, decided. 
And unfortunately, we reached a point, uh, both of us, where we had to decide uh, where we can continue. And I had um, a sad moment because I realized it is very, very hard for me to continue. It, it all, it seemed to me I cannot do it, you know. So at that point, I decided, no, I can't uh, continue with that. And that was not an easy moment to accept that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to my own self, it was a struggle to, um, I don't know, I want to continue, but no, I'm not able to, it's overwhelming me. And uh, that was not an easy point. And uh, also I got uh, counseling at that time for a person, uh, from a person which was very dear to you, you know. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and uh, that helped me too. So it helped me to understand, you know, to become more clear that here it's not about uh, uh, just fulfilling a law, but it's about finding um, how what it does to me, you know, feeling. Mm-hmm. And so um, the whole experience helped me very much, even though it was a hard period for myself, for my inner struggle. Yeah, yeah. And a- as I would imagine it would be for everyone, don't you think? Yes, yes. No, no, that's uh, not an easy thing. And I realized afterwards I would have wished because I realized, um, you know, that longing uh, to be united comes uh, also with my partner comes from that deep wish to be united with my soul. And this is one thing, not I want to be uh, united with many souls. And I realized that, gosh, I don't have a wish really to unite physically with many other uh, uh, souls. I want to have just one. And uh, when I realized that, I was also um, kind of, gosh, now I missed the opportunity because I, um, if I wanted to get married, I would have to have another partner. So uh, <laughs> thank you for um, going into that. I know uh, that probably was a, a surprise question, and it was a surprise for me, too. But, uh, I think that, um, you know, a lot of devotees um, don't have really close friends or friends that they can talk to about these things or that they feel comfortable in revealing their their struggles and um and that's probably uh, wise. That's probably wise. But yet, I think it's good also to hear someone's experience and to be able to hear it and say, oh, I know just what you mean. I feel that too. Or, uh, oh, that's interesting. Let me think about it from that perspective. Thank you for uh, being willing to, uh, to go there with me. But let's change the subject. And what do you do in the world? <laughs> I want just to add uh, one thing which comes into my mind to it. Uh, I would say still the uh, the most difficult thing for me is um, in that close relationship which I have also now with my wife. So everything else I better manage, but this kind of a thing with the relationship brings out so many flaws you know, which I have because I can't hide and that hurts my ego. So it's still a, um, a ground with the most potential to grow, but also where I have um, uh, lots of struggles. So relationships 
And isn't that, thank you for saying that and sharing that because isn't that important? I mean, if you just turn that around and, and look at it um, as a principle where the deepest struggle is, is the most opportunity for spiritual growth. Right. <laughs> you know, we know it intellectually maybe, but going through it is a bear. So hearing <laughs> that again and again, thank you, thank you for that. Um, I'll just add here that um, you knew my husband, John, and, and so we'll put this in context a little bit more for you than perhaps someone else, but um, we had a very uh, special and wonderful relationship, and we knocked heads quite a bit in the first few years. Uh, we were both strong-willed and, and intelligent, and those didn't always um, match up. Uh, because of, of other parts of our personality. But one thing that really, um, two things that really helped, and I would share this with anyone who's listening, is one is when I decided to, to stop trying to make it work how I thought it should work, and come back and when there was a difference, I would come to myself and say, what is the lesson in this for me? And those words and that question were so important because I took personal responsibility to make this a part of my spiritual growth. And the other part was, the other really important thing was um, to, when I was able to recognize that this soul, my loving partner who drove me crazy sometimes, that he and Guruji were hand in hand and he was doing the best that he could do with that, what he had to work with. And, that, and I take that from him because that's what he always felt about everyone, is that we're all doing the best we can with what we have to work with. And it's a wonderful philosophy, but when I was able to take that, and really apply it, uh, there was a whole difference in our relationship because I honored who he was, how he was, and that he was fighting the good fight just like all of us and Jai Guru. So I, I, it's a great opportunity to uh, bring those um, nuggets back and to share them. So again, thank you, Derek, for going there with me. Thank you for your kind words and interesting perspective. Very helpful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Now, tell us what you do in the world because you do some good things. Well, it started with, um, I, uh, when I was on the path, I was very much inspired also by that kind of natural living and uh, high thinking or plain living and high thinking. But I realized if I wanted to do that, I have to save some expenses and uh, especially I was wondering, uh, this, this was still in the 90s, uh, about a, a system which can keep me quite healthy without having to spend then later on in life a lot of money to sustain my health or repair my, my health. Uh, so. I then went into looking for something and found Ayurveda. At that time in Germany, you could only get one or two books. Now you get maybe hundreds of books about that subject. Um. And I went to India 
in order to find out more. And I remained there for three years and studied in that time, during that period, Ayurveda, which uh, inspired me very much. And also, I, I was just living for a short period also in California, around Encinitas, and then came back to Germany, uh, continuing practicing it. And in that journey, I realized, uh, you know, um, I can uh, very much help the people in treating the symptoms that, that they are suffering, which shows up as uh, different um, uh, problems in their physical body, in physical form, but also that um, there, the cause of it in most of the cases are much deeper and I cannot address it in the sense of dissolving it with the means I had. And the Ayurveda is, of course, a very deep system and has the knowledge about all our five koshas, which Guruji is describing in the Gita and in the lessons, which we have, you know, we have three bodies, uh, the uh, physical, energetical, the astral and the causal body, the idea body. Mm-hmm. And uh, those have five layers and I can have a disturbance. The, the cause of my problem can be in any of those five. The physical cause is very minimum compared to the other causes. And Gurchi is writing in, um, in the second coming of Christ and, and also in the lessons, I suppose, the mind has made you sick and the mind can heal you. So he traces everything back to a, a cause of in the mind. So I was, uh, by that time, of course, I understood that the mind has two, um, two levels. One of the levels is I can have uh, my convictions my, about myself and I can have emotions, and one is the emotional level, and one is the intellectual level, where I form my own uh, beliefs and, and belief system, you know, what I believe about myself and the world and so on. And if this is not in uh, sync with my soul, I divert from right where the energy and it shows in problems at the other levels. And, uh, finding out, you know, that because in those levels I was wondering, is there a system where I can as well diagnose and also treat it? Because I didn't find something um, in the medical alternative approach which was showing it, you know, which I could apply and so on. But I was aware that the cause of the problems is still deeper than I have a knowledge about. And so I found, at the end, I found something, and it's available for everybody. It's a German doctor who practices in, in America who took that five kosha. He, he took it out of the Vedas and applied it in modern medicine and developed a system to diagnose as well as treat the um, different problems in both respective levels. And it's amazing. He is the specialist, his name is Dr. Klinghub, he's the specialist uh, on chronic disease and also specialist on autism, which uh, he explains you have to work in all the five levels in order to have an improvement of it. So that means even 
uh, we know from Guruji's writings that meditation is um, uh, changing the DNA, meaning the idea body, but uh, there are other means you can influence it as well. And so he describes also means, uh, other means than meditation, what you can do in order to change it. And I found it very, very beneficial and a blessing for somebody who has really a problem wants to improve and is looking for something. So out of that, my inspiration would be don't lose hope, there is a way. It's available now to really look into removing the cause. That means um, Gucci describes two means about what um, can uh, uh, yield uh, a change of the circumstances. One is applying the same law of cause and effect which has created it, but apply it in the sense that you dissolve the uh, condition which has been previously created. And the other one is the grace of God, which uh, at every time we could access it, you know, the potential is there for everybody. And the um, Dr. Klinghardt method is an ideal scientific method to actually go on and work on the cause and effect level. And so that's uh, my inspiration. Don't lose hope. Pray to God and Guru for assistance and maybe try it out. There are therapists in the whole, uh, here in Europe as well as in America, as well as in England, I suppose, and probably also in other countries. But he has his practice in, uh, in Seattle, uh, in America, and he is um, honored by the uh, health associations to be the physician of the year for many, many years now. Gotcha. Okay, so <laughs> what we'll do, Garrett, is uh, we'll put that in, um, in the show notes so people can access it. Thank you for that tip. I am left with, um, you're praying for the grace of God, but what about Kriya Yoga? Because that is the, the ultimate healer of, of the problems, isn't it? Yes, uh, that's true. Kriya Yoga is the ultimate dissolve of all problems uh, in the sense of, um, I don't know, sometimes I wonder also, or I think about a lot, do I need really anything else uh, than just Kriya Yoga? And uh, yes, for reaching my goal, I don't need anything else. Now, um, if I have a problem with my system, uh, you know, the system is not working very well. I, uh, you know, even Lahiri Mahashai, who said about that, you know, Kriya Yoga, you don't need anything else. Or I don't know the statement, but it goes, you know. Everything in the future will improve if you are doing Kriya Yoga now, something of that sort. Yeah, I think that was for you as well, but he said oh. something that the only thing you need, I, I don't have a quote, but it's, you know, the only thing you need is Kriya Yoga. And he okay. himself gave to, to his disciples various means when they were sick. So the thing so it's is... Common, uh, common sense, isn't it? It's, you do what you can do, throw the dog a bone, um, yeah. do, live the best life you can without being obsessive, and do your Kriya. Right. And I would say, you know, if um, that is very, very true, we don't need anything else, especially 
you know, we shouldn't lose hope because uh, if we don't have the means to undergo, for example, treatment, which when uh, costs certainly some money um, to do it or some whatever, uh, usually it's money bound because we live in the system where you have to give something as right. a value in money. Right. But uh, don't lose hope because uh, there is Kriya Yoga which can do the rest and the help brings the help and the grace of God and the Gurus, which is the main thing because healing doesn't come uh, from anybody. I don't even like the word uh, if somebody tells, oh, he is a healer. Because Guruji states it, you know, the healing is never done by outside means, but the healing is the prana within. So everybody has the prana within, which is the healer. It just needs to be freed for flowing freely. And uh, so that's also what I regard, you know, uh, when I help people. I'm not a healer in any sense. And the real uh, meaning of it, I'm just know some some useful things that that healing power in us can be reawakened yeah yes activated or remove some of the obstructions um garrett so you're in private practice there in germany if anyone wanted to connect with you there i i do uh help people uh with uh if they have problems um with that described method and also whatever is needed to find out whatever is needed and i do have uh, um where i live here in northern italy based in northern italy i do uh, work here and i give people also inspiration you know if they uh, are located in different areas so i'm happy to share so if anybody needs um, uh, an information i'm happy to share great, and, great. Okay, so now um, I'm going to ask you this very big question. What is the role of master in your life? How do you, how would you say that in a sentence or two? <laughs> he is the very fountain of the sweetness of my life. Oh, uh, oh so sweet, so sweet. That. <laughs> All right, dear heart. Well, Let's leave it on that one because um, my smile is uh, from ear to ear here. I love it. And Jai Guru, thank you for sharing all with us so sincerely and so openly. And um, know that you are in my prayers and in many. So Jai Guru. Jai Guru. Jai Guru. dear friends it's wonderful to hear these stories isn't it and in just a few moments I have a great quote of Guruji's to share with you but first if you would like access to the private page where guest contact and other information is posted it's free and easy just email to subscribe to the mailing list the email address is subscribe at soulcallsinfinity.org 
For those of you who may be driving or jogging while listening, no worries, the link to subscribe will be in the show notes. The Chela to Chela podcast is sponsored by Soul Calls Infinity, and the music is courtesy of Soul Calls Music Meditations by Saranya. I'm your host, Brenda Roberts, and I'd love to share your story. Email me for guest guidelines and details. That's Brenda at soulcallsinfinity.org. Looking forward to sharing the next episode with you, where we'll be meeting another uniquely devoted disciple of our beloved Master, Paramahansa Yoganandaji. And now, in closing, let's listen to this quote of Master given by Brother Achalanandaji in the 1986 Self-Realization magazine. Master said, We all come from God. Once we were strangers, but when we love God, we become brothers and sisters. That relationship is the strongest of bonds it holds now and in the hereafter. So, dear ones, until next time, let us join together in affirming it's a wonderful life with Guruji in it. Jai Guru Jai. Divine.